And if you'll join me for our opening prayer. O oh God, you send us out into the world as your disciples. Allow the church to be a healing presence, a place and a people that live out the essence of your kingdom, here and now. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, forever. Amen. Our affirmation of faith. We believe in the love kingdom of God through Christ upon us, within us, beyond us. We believe the love kingdom is like a mustard seed, sown in apparent insignificance, growing into magnificence for the greening of the world. We believe the love kingdom is like yeast, inserted in humble insignificance into the dough of life, expanding into enough bread for the world. We believe the love kingdom of God is like a treasure, lost and rendered insignificant under the ground, now found with joy and thanksgiving. We believe the love kingdom of God is like pearls, all others become insignificant when the largest, most beautiful pearl of all is found. We believe the love kingdom of God is like a net full of fish, where even insignificant sardines are saved by worm-ridden snoke fish are thrown away. We believe in the love kingdom of God through Christ upon us, within us, beyond us, where the meek and the poor, the merciful and the hungry, rejoice with the angels of God. Loving God, we believe. Scatter our unbelief. Amen. You may be seated. God has given us healing word forgiveness. God has given us so much. Let us now take the time to respond in gratitude by giving of what has been given to us.
Please rise and join me in our doxology. Loving God, your church exalts you. In your mercy, you have given us life everlasting. You have given us freedom from death, and you have favored us. In your love, you have given us the strength to stand up and continue on our journey. In your wisdom, you have taken a chance on us by allowing us to be part of your holy plans and your message. Help us to use the gifts you have given us with mercy, love, and wisdom so that we can continue to honor the trust you have put in us. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen. You may be seated, well, or you can stand, it's up to you, um, for our next hymn, number 472, Near to the Heart of God.
may be seated. <clears throat> it is time for our youth moment. I'd like to invite all of our youth and children to come up and grab a seat. And remember, you are all children of God, so everyone is welcome. Good morning. How you guys doing? You awake? A little bit? No, not yet. Yeah, I only had one cup of coffee, so I'm not not there yet. Yeah, I don't blame you. I I never liked the medicine as a kid either. I don't know if I had bubblegum flavored medicine. I might have. I feel like we mostly had grape and cherry. And then there was one that looked like orange juice but did not taste like orange juice. Anyway, so it is February, right? And what do we celebrate in February again? Valentine's Day, right. And what's Valentine's Day all about? That's right, love. There is a story in the Bible. Um, that I want to tell you guys about. Um, back in Jesus' time, they had a lot of, a lot of rules about a lot of stuff. Um, and one of the rules had to do with the Sabbath. And the Sabbath was a way that the people tried to honor God because when God created the world, on the seventh day, he rested. And so that was the same idea. As the people would work hard all week, but on the last day of the week, they would rest, so they wouldn't do any work. They had to prepare all their food the day before. They weren't allowed to do anything, really. Um, they just were supposed to rest um, and, and pray, stuff like that. Well, there was a Sabbath day that Jesus was out, and there was a man who was very sick. And so Jesus healed him. Well, the chief priests, which were kind of like the, the pastors of the day, they didn't like that. They got mad, and they started accusing Jesus of being a bad person because he broke the Sabbath because they said by healing someone, he was working. Now, following God's rules is a way that we can show God we love God, right? Trying to be a good person, stuff like that. But what do you think God would be, would be happier with if, if you followed a rule like that or if you helped somebody? Okay, so we got one vote there. What do you guys think? What, would, what do you think God would rather us do? Would you think God would rather us rest on, on one day a week or if we saw someone in need, help them? Help them? Yeah, that's what I think too. And I think Jesus showed a lot more love by helping that man who was sick. And sometimes there are rules in our world that, well, they might not make a lot of sense. 
They might have been created a long time ago, and the world has changed so much that those rules don't really fit in. Or they may have been created by a crabby person who was having a bad day, whatever. But the way I always try and look at it is God would always rather us show love to someone by like helping them or being good to them than maybe worrying about a rule, okay? That's a little deep, I know, but, but I, I think you guys probably get the idea that God calls us to love each other first and to help each other first. So there is a way that we are going to help show some love to some of our friends. We have two uh, quilts up here. Um, one is for Noah. Noah is a young man who had some surgery recently um, to remove a tumor from over here on, well, one side of his face. Um, and it was, a, it was a really tough surgery, and it's going to be a, a long time for him to heal. Um, and this one is for Aubrey. Um, she was in a sledding accident um, and, and fractured her skull, which is very painful, but she is back home now. Um, but we, we want to bring these to them, and we want to pray over them. So can you guys help me do that? Can you guys stretch your hands out, and, and I'm, I'm going to say some prayers? Okay. Loving and healing God, even on the Sabbath, you chose to heal out of love and concern for another. You stepped away from command to rest so that others might be able to rest and be made well. We pray that these quilts might go and provide some comfort as two people are working on healing. We know their journeys will not be short. We know it will take time for them to heal. We ask that these quilts might provide them some warmth and comfort. May they feel the love of this congregation and of you and your Son and the Holy Spirit. May they wrap them around themselves. May your presence always be felt by them. We pray that their healing would go as smoothly as possible with few, if any, complications. All of this we ask in the name of your loving and healing Savior, our Savior, your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, we got one more thing to do. You guys remember what it is? What is it? The Lord's Prayer. That's right. Are you ready? We're doing it all together. Same time. Here we go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory forever. Amen. You guys did an awesome job. Thank you so much. Go grab a sucker, and then it's off to Sunday school to learn stuff.
Before we continue with the rest of our service, I'd like to take a few moments and invite everyone else in the congregation, if you'd like to come forward and say a prayer or a blessing over these quilts um, before we uh, send them off to Aubrey and Noah. So please feel free uh, now to come forward and do that. If you look in your bulletin, you will see um, our list of prayer requests. Um, obviously, as we mentioned, prayers for Aubrey um, and for Noah. Um, we have prayers for a friend of Sandy's. Her name is Kathy. She had a heart attack recently. Uh, prayers for her recovery. Uh, continued prayers for Jeff Miller, uh, who is now home recovering from the surgery on his kidney. Uh, continued prayers for my father-in-law, John, who's been having some health issues. He is home from the hospital now. Um, we have continued prayers for Aiden, uh, Gordon and Julie's 
grandson uh, who was hurt in a snowboarding accident. Um, and then Alex, um, who his show horse uh, had injured, its, uh, had his eye injured, um, and prayers that the horse will still be able to participate with Alex at the um, at the show. Is that? Do we have any updates on on how that's going? Uh, we have prayers for the friends and family of Frank Beckman, a co-worker of Rick's who uh, passed away recently. Uh, many of you may have known him as the voice of Michigan football. Um, we are happy to see Sue is with us today, um, but continued prayers for her recovery. She is still in, in some pain. Um, continued prayers for uh, the family of Cat Kathy Parrish, um, who passed away last Saturday morning. Uh, we have prayers for the family of Becky Shadley, who passed away from COVID complications recently. Um, Diane Gieske was sending out a big thank you to everyone for their thoughts and prayers. She is continuing to recover at home after her surgery in January um, and is, is doing well in that recovery so far. Uh, we have prayers for... Um, Todd, Diana's stepson, whose wife passed away at the beginning of this month, uh, very unexpectedly. So prayers for him and their whole family. Uh, continued prayers for Bill Marshall, who is fighting cancer. Um, continued prayers for Nancy, Alice's sister, as she is um, trying to adjust to uh, assisted living. Uh, we have continued prayers for Kim and her family. Her five-year-old granddaughter passed away unexpectedly overnight. Um, and then continued prayers for the family of Marilyn, um, who passed away um, and is, uh, their family is in mourning. Do we, have, do we have other prayers we'd like to lift up this morning? Okay. If you would please join me in an attitude of prayer. Let us pray for the needs of the world, saying, Lord of mercy, lift us out of the depths. God of prophets and of disciples, you have heard the plea of your people throughout the ages. Hear us now as we present to you those things that burden us. Lord of mercy, lift us out of the depths. Hear us as we pray for those who are sick Give them hope that they may feel through your presence and the presence of others comfort and support. Grant them patience that they may live in your time and in your will. We believe in the power of your healing. Do your will, God. Lord of mercy, lift us out of the depths. Hear us as we pray for those who live in constant conflict. Bring your wisdom to their lives. Enable your people to learn from you, whose anger only lasts a moment, but whose favor lasts a lifetime. 
allow our anger to only last a moment, that we might put our efforts towards reconciliation and peace. Lord of mercy, lift us out of the depths. Hear us as we pray for those who feel imprisoned by temptation and sin. Lead us to examine ourselves and our lives to see how and why we fall into temptation and give us empathy to understand others and their prisons. Grant us the strength to do good and to not be weary and to always be watchful for opportunities to do your will. Lord of mercy, lift us out of the depths. Holy God, we pray for your church. Give us courage to be true disciples. The world outside these walls can be challenging, and yet others watch us as we witness and we act. Give us wisdom to better reflect your actions of love and mercy so that our families, our communities, and our countries might understand what your kingdom is all about. We pray in the name of your perfect witness in this world, Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. Please join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Your word, O Lord, is our inspiration, our light, and our motion. Your word, O Lord, is power, is wisdom, and is comfort. Guide us today as we listen to the word read and proclaimed, and fill us with understanding and with the desire to change. Speak, Lord, your people listen. Amen. We will now hear uh, from our choir an anthem.
Our first scripture reading this morning is Jeremiah 29, verses 11 through 14, and Galatians 6, verses 9 through 10. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. Then, when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. When you search for me, you will find me, if you seek me with all your heart. I will let you find me, says the Lord, and I will restore your fortunes and gather you from all the nations and all the places where I have driven you, says the Lord, and I will bring you back to the place from which I sent you into exile. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let us work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. The word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks Thanks be be to God. God. Our next hymn is number 292. If you want to stand, if you're able, what wondrous love is this?
may be seated. Our last scripture reading for this morning comes from 1 Corinthians chapter 13, verses 4 through 8a, which means the first half of verse 8, and then verse 13. Love is patient, love is kind, love is not envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way, it is not irritable or resentful, it does not rejoice in wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, helps all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, and the greatest of these is love. This is the word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. Please join me once again in an attitude of prayer. Wondrous God, creator of all things, Alpha and Omega, beginning and end, your love never fails. Your love is beyond our full understanding, and your grace is beyond our worthiness alone. Help us to love like you, like your Son Jesus loved. Send your Holy Spirit into our hearts that they may become full of love for you and for one another, and may we share that love in all that we say and do. May our love be a true and authentic reflection of your love. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place, be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Good morning once again. Uh, for our message today, we are, of course, continuing in our February sermon series titled All About Love, where We've been focusing on love and the characteristics of love as understood through the lenses of reason, experience, tradition, and scripture. The first week we talked about what love is, reflecting on scripture passages from 1st and 2nd Samuel and John's Gospel. And we also talked about how we should go out and love using those characteristics that we kind of listed out. Last week, we talked about what love is not, reflecting on scripture passages from Matthew's gospel and Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. And we established that we could take the list of what love is and flip it in terms of then what love is not, of being the opposites of those things. And we also talked about how love isn't just a feeling, it's, it's not always soft, it's not always easy. For humans, it is not a perfect state of caring. It is not hypocritical. It is not a judge of one's worthiness of God's love and grace. And how love is not optional, and it is not something that distracts us from the good and from the good news. This week, we are going to talk about what love does do and does not do, or some of the actions of love, if you will. And of course, we'll be using our scripture readings from Jeremiah, Galatians, and again, Paul's first letter to the church in Corinth. Next Sunday, the last Sunday in February, we'll talk about loving the church. And that will also mean looking at how we define the church. So Valentine's Day is over. The Rams won the Super Bowl. And honestly, I still really feel that since Matthew Stafford played for the Rams and they won and Eminem was in the halftime show, 
that as people in Michigan, we should get to claim a little piece of that victory. I'm not saying we should get a Lombardi trophy, but maybe something. Well, that's the thing. Um, and, and to be fair, the Bears aren't doing any better, so like, I'm with you guys on this, okay? Um, but I think it'd be nice, little trophy we could put somewhere. Um, and it was really nice to see a Super Bowl without Tom Brady's face. Um, and I feel guilty saying that because I grew up outside Chicago in the 90s and got six NBA titles in eight years during the Jordan dynasty but it was still nice to not see his face. So, I have still been having a lot of fun looking up all of the strange holidays, uh, so I'm going to again share with you the holidays that are today as well as those that fall this week. Uh, so here we go, get ready, get your calendars out so you can mark these. Today is National Love Your Pet Day. I don't understand why that's only one day though. It is World Whale Day. It is World Day of Social Justice, which sounds very United Methodist to me. It is No Politics Day, which I think we could all use a break from. It is National Muffin Day, which sounds amazing. It is National Comfy Day, so I apologize. I should have told you ahead of time to come in your pajamas. Um, it is National Handcuff Day, which I'm not really sure about that one. Uh, it is clean out your bookcase day, which that doesn't sound like any fun. Uh, it is national cherry pie day, which my father-in-law will very much be a fan of. And it is, it is the beginning of national chip week, which I'm going to assume refers to things like chocolate chips and potato chips and not things like cow chips or gambling chips but I didn't actually look it up, so I don't know. Tomorrow is President's Day, as well as National Sticky Bun Day. Tuesday is World Thinking Day. Apparently, we're only allowed to do that once a year. Um, and it's also Cook a Sweet Potato Day. It doesn't say you have to eat it, just cook it. Uh, Wednesday is apparently Inconvenience Yourself Day, and I have no idea who thought that was good. Uh, it's also National Banana Bread Day and National Dog Biscuit Day. I assume that means to give your dog a biscuit and not consume one yourself. Thursday is National Chili Day, National Toast Day, and I Hate Coriander Day. I didn't know there was that much displeasure with coriander that enough people got together and decided they needed a day for that. It is uh, Friday is National Clam Chowder Day, so someone's going to have to celebrate that one for me. Um, it is also National Chocolate-Covered Nut Day. Again, I don't know why that could only be once a year. Um, and finally, Friday is National Pistachio Day, Tell a Fairy Tale Day, For Pete's Sake Day. I needed to look up the origins on that one, and I ran out of time. I'm sorry. I kind of want to know. Um, and Carpe Diem Day. So there you go. Make sure you keep those all on your calendar. Anyway. Back to the topic at hand. We're looking at what love does do and what love does not do. Christian author Bob Goff wrote in his book, Love Does, that's what love does. It pursues blindly, unflinchingly, and without end. When you go after something you love, you'll do anything it takes 
to get it, even if it costs everything. American journalist Franklin P. Jones once wrote that love doesn't make the world go round. Love is what makes the ride worthwhile. St. Augustine, one of the early church fathers, wrote that since love grows within you, so beauty grows, for love is the beauty of the soul. Johann Wolfgang von Goethe, I thinketh, uh, a German poet, playwright, novelist, scientist, statesman, theater director, and critic who apparently had too much time in his hands, once wrote that love does not dominate, it cultivates. I think right there we have some, some good candidates for what love does do and what love does not do. Love pursues blindly, unflinchingly, and without end. And I think we can hold that one true when we think about God's love for us. Love makes the ride of life worthwhile. I really like that one a lot. I can't imagine life without love, whether it would be God's love or platonic love or romantic love. Love grows within us, and because of that, beauty grows within us. Again, I think we can hold this true as we are beings made in the image of God. And then the argument that love does not dominate, but instead it, it cultivates. Again, I think we see this not only in God's love, but also in the love that we carry for one another. What about what we find in our readings today? If we go to our passage from the 29th chapter of Jeremiah, we find something in the very first verse. For surely I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for your welfare and not for harm, to give you a future with hope. We see right here that God's love makes plans for a future with hope for us, and it is faithful to those plans. Verse 12 also tells us how God's love is a love that listens, love listens then when you call upon me and come and pray to me, I will hear you. And then in verse 13, we learn that God's love is a love of presence. When you search for me, you will find me if you seek me with all your heart. Then if we go over to our two verses from the sixth chapter of Galatians, numbers 9 and 10, we find more. So let us not grow weary in doing what is right, for we will reap at harvest time if we do not give up. That verse, amongst other things, tells us that love does not grow weary and love does what is right. So then, whenever we have an opportunity, let's work for the good of all, and especially for those of the family of faith. Right here we have a reminder that love works for the good of of all. Now we come to our verses from the 13th chapter of Paul's letter to the church in Corinth. Now I have preached on this set of verses several times, not just on a Sunday, but also for weddings and funerals. This is, in fact, one of my most favorite passages in all of Scripture, and it was my confirmation verse uh, when I was younger. And yes, I admit that the wording in this passage might lend itself to our first week in our series on what love is, but I think we can also understand it as what love does do and does not do. Love is patience, love is kind, love is not envious 
or boastful or arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own ways. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice in wrongdoings, but rejoices in the truth. Another way we could read this would be love shows patience. Love shows kindness. Love does not get envious or boastful or arrogant or rude. Love does not try to take over and think only of itself. Love does not get irritable or resentful. Love does not rejoice in wrongdoing. We didn't even have to adjust the wording for that one. And love rejoices in the truth. So yeah, there's some semantics there, but I I think it still works. Continuing with verse 7, it bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends. And now faith, hope, and love abide these three, and the greatest of these is love. That might be the absolute best part, at at least to me. Love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. Love endures all things. Love never ends. That one alone, I believe we can see and we know because we know about the love and sacrifice of Jesus Christ for this world. And faith, hope, and love abide together and the greatest of all three is love. And really, that's just a short list of what love does do and what love does not do. There is much, much more in Scripture and in our popular culture, in our own experience and reasoning, in our own traditions and history. This list is also dependent upon what kind of love we're talking about. For someone who is heartbroken over the ending of a romantic relationship, they may not think that love never ends or that love endures or bears all things. Someone who has lost a friendship may not believe the same things about platonic love either. But when we're talking about God's love, God's perfect agape love, I believe these things all hold true. Yes, there are many types of love. We have romantic love, platonic love, the love of a mother or father for their child, the love of a mentor by a mentee, the love of a person for an animal, and so on and so forth. And each of those carries some similarities and some differences. They all have different roles to play in our lives. But God's love, that perfect and sacrificial love, is exactly what is described here in 1 Corinthians. The things that God's love does do and does not do are written right here. And while we will never in our time here on earth ever be able to get our own love to to meet those standards, at least in an ongoing and sustainable way, we should always be striving to try and reach those heights. And not just in love for one another, but also in our love for God and in love for ourselves. I really can't stress that enough. There are times when loving God is easy. And other times it may feel hard when maybe we feel abandoned or even rejected by God. 
There are times when loving each other is difficult too. And also times when it may be easier, like when we agree on the same things or we think the same way. When it comes to loving ourselves, I think the truth is that most of us, if not almost all of us, really struggle with that. Sure, we may be able to put on a good show for others. We may even have some moments where we do honestly love ourselves, sometimes only for a few fleeting moments. But I really worry that, and I believe that too often, much too often, we do not love ourselves or see ourselves the way that God loves us and sees us. Many people over time have said that we are our own worst critic. I don't know who said it first. I was not able to nail that one down. But I do believe those words, and I know I tend to live those words. So what I want all of you, and I will do this as well to the best of my own ability, what I want us all to do is to work on not just loving God and our neighbor, although those are, of course, very important things, but I really want everyone to work on loving yourselves. Cut yourself some slack. Take some time to do something, even something small, for yourself. Work to find the beauty, the creativity, the power, the light, the joy, the grace inside of yourself. Take a few moments and love yourselves. Fred Rogers, as well as several other people with variations on this, but Fred Rogers was quoted as saying, you can't really love someone unless you really love yourself first. I don't know about you, but Mr. Rogers has never steered me wrong before. I think we can trust him on this one too. And remember, we are made in the image of God. If God loves us enough to send Jesus, his only son, to sacrifice everything for our salvation, there's something to that. We must be worth it at some level of love. If God loves us that much, we can love ourselves, even if it's just a little. Amen. Our closing song this morning is printed in your bulletin, the song Celebrate Love from the Faith We Sing, number 2073. And please rise as you are able.
Beloved children of God, the harvest truly is great. There is need for peace in the world. Harvest is truly great. People are sick and in need of solace. The harvest truly is great. Humanity needs to hear that the kingdom of God has come. God calls us to go and labor in the harvest. Do not hesitate. Do not be weary. Jesus has promised that he will give us the power needed to do God's will. Let us go rejoicing. May the God who heals accompany you with hope so that, your face, that you may face life's uncertainty. May the teacher, Jesus Christ, send you out as disciples certain of his words and power. And may the Holy Spirit fill you with an unceasing desire to do good wherever you are. Blessed are the ones who go in the name of the Lord. Amen.